0: Hello and welcome. Thank you for tuning into Class Futures. Um, This is really a a, a project of mine where I wanted to feature a series of different Q&As with with people involved in the education space, looking at and, and talking about learning, not just in the classroom now, but outside of the classroom, and what that might look like. And really, I wanted to bring together the different people involved in that space, whether that's teachers, educators, um, parents, pupils, the technology suppliers and other partners who might be doing something to help shape the future of learning um, and to create a discussion, to create a community where we can talk about these different ideas. So Firstly, thank you and welcome to to Class Futures. In the first of my series, I've spoken to Ryan Anthony, who's director of innovation at a company called Flux Spaces. You can visit the website for Flux Spaces at fluxspace.io. And what these guys are creating are these large open plan learning environments that are creating more collaboration or innovation between the people, the pupils that are using these spaces. Um, so I really hope you enjoyed the the first in the series of these interviews. And again, thanks for thanks for, for stopping by. Thank, thanks, Ryan Anthony. Um, you you're um, here on the sort of first sort of summer series of Class Futures, the podcast, just looking at the future of technology in the classroom and outside the classroom yeah what, what that means to schools and parents and, and, and pupils so yeah you were able to tell tell everyone a bit about yourself and um, Flux yeah. Space?
1: yeah yeah so my name is Ryan Anthony um, I'm a former eighth grade science teacher so I, I taught eighth grade science uh, for almost 10 years and then during that time I got really into educational technology and, and stem integration and this idea about Students being creative with these emerging technologies like AR and VR and 3D printing and laser cutter. Saw the movement of schools creating makerspaces, uh, you know, these spaces for students to go into and create, make, and invent. Uh, kind of really promotes the project-based learning and problem solving and, and some of the really cool student-centered, um, you know, open concept kind of projects. And I uh, had the opportunity to make a makerspace at my old district where I worked at. And through that process, you know, I really dove deep into 3D printers and laser cutters and robotics programs and kind of, in a sense, vetted and looked for things that uh, could be integrated into the regular curriculum or regular content areas. And this whole movement and idea of, you know, STEM should be for all. Uh, It's not just for gifted kids, not just for the smart kids. In fact, you know, the the lower students, lower achieving students sometimes do a lot better with hands-on and why not let Mm -hmm. them get into it so just kind of really dove into it. And um, through that time, eventually left the classroom and became an innovation specialist consultant for a, a group here in Pennsylvania. Um, and then that opened my eyes to, you know, there's just different possibilities about what learning should and could be uh, through like some pretty cool partnerships and different products and programs that go in spaces. And uh, so, long, long story short, uh, I met this man named Bill Corbett uh, who had a whole bunch of, uh, you know, this big complex down in Norristown outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, experience center and and their main thing is they help clients create really cool inspiring spaces uh, from furniture design implementation and and he always had a focus of trying to get more into the experience the learning experiences and and the spaces and what that can create for a a learner and and a school Mm. Um, so him and I kind of partnered together he mentioned you know just through talking with him that he had a large 10,000 square foot square foot space that he was looking to do something cool with Wow. And I kind of floated the idea about, um, you know, and he he wanted to do something STEM focused. And and I said, you know, yeah, my background in makerspaces, you know, it'd be really cool. I have some ideas on how you might be able to utilize that space and through conversations and working with the Corbett team and, and meeting and being on some projects together, we kind of spurred up this idea of flux space. So mm-hmm. this idea about a a really cool dynamic active uh, experience center where students, teachers, educators, administrators could go to to see the latest and greatest uh, in emerging technologies and STEM education qu- equipment and with the main goal of helping schools organizations create better learning experiences for their students uh, and helping them demystify things like makerspaces and STEM integration. It's you know, what's 3D printing and how is that going to bring a better lesson to my students? You know, what is laser cutting or I want to create a maker space. I just don't know what it should look like, what it should feel like and what projects should be in. it. So what we do is we reach out and look for partners that have really cool technologies and and that kind of equipment and we vet them. Um, And then we say, you know, does this piece of equipment, does this unit, does this project really create a better learning experience for a student? And if it does, we partner with them and we help them build resources for it, unit plans, uh, you know, teacher trainings, all that. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of how Fluxbase became born. Is let's focus on what the learning experience should be, and, and that takes products, programs, and people and mindset to do it. And that's what we want this place to to reek of every day.
0: Yeah, I mean that's so cool that you've you've done that. Was it kind of there's a couple of things that you mentioned there, but. Uh, was that kind of a, a bold move that you obviously you were used to be a teacher, so you left left yeah. sort of teaching. Was that how was that?
1: Yeah, it, it was it was good. I, I love teaching. I also coached, um, but I was I was getting I don't want to use the term burned out because I think a lot of people yeah, really, I think it was frustrated to the point where it wasn't fun anymore. Um, yeah. Just because you know there was there was a real focus on testing and scores, and and I felt you know that there was so much to learning and so much to education um that you know I kind of went on this thing about you know I enjoyed teaching teachers more about like getting them excited about different ways to teach students so the good part is I'm in a position now where um students do come to me so I still get that like you know scratches that itch of being able to like help Mm -hmm. students and work with them but the cool part about it is it's not in the confines of a classroom Mm -hmm. um it's more students coming here after school for coding clubs Um, We're getting back to like entrepreneurship days and nights and networks for high school kids that are passionate about innovation and entrepreneurship coming to us and hanging out um, where we're actually teaching them and learning just what learning should be a fun dynamic. I'm passionate about something. I'm finding purpose in something without the confines of school. But then the really part that's exciting for me, the exciting part is that taking that mindset and that idea in theory and kind of showing schools that they could do the same thing, that you don't need a flux-based building. It's going to help. But yeah. the mindset, culture, and yeah. products and programs, you can take back to your school and do what we're doing. Um, so it's been a really cool way to kind of celebrate awesome things that schools are going on. Uh, so for me, leaving the classroom, yeah, it was, it was a real tough decision because I love science. I love teaching. I love the hands-on projects. But if I could be in a place that wasn't school, but still be able to build those experiences for students and teachers in the community, uh, that was a win. And, and that's the opportunity I had here with uh, Corbett, Bill Corbett, and us creating Flux Space.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant that you've kind of you're living out that passion now, and you have obviously the understanding of teaching to, to sort of appreciate where they're coming from as well for pupils. Um, so yeah, in terms of um, it's quite interesting. Your your spaces are dynamic. They so they can come during the day and then come after school and things like that. That's
1: yeah. yeah right now. Yeah, right now we, we have uh, a lot of cool partnerships. Um, and for example, local districts are finding out about us and they're trying to find a really cool dynamic place where they could have an administrator's retreat. So that's what's going on right now. There's 60 yeah. administrators from a local district that wanted to get off site, wanted to go to like a really cool inspiring space, um, almost like an event venue. We get them excited about what learning could be. They take some hours sometimes to kind of do their own meetings and then We'll walk them around our complex and show them, you know, emerging things that are happening in education. Uh, we have a pretty cool program with hydroponics and vertical grow gardens that we put into schools and showing students how they can grow their own food and in a more sustainable manner. Um, we have a pretty cool makerspace STEM area with codable electronics and drones. So we show them a demo at that. Um, really cool partnership with company... Um, called Igloo Vision that has an immersive VR room. So the idea is it's the shared VR. You don't need goggles. Everybody sits in the room and through projection mapping. So yeah, we we show them that. Um, so yeah, anywhere from that type of like admin retreats and districts allows us to build up relationships. And then they kind of in a way give us feedback on projects and programs. They give us thoughts. They allow us to kind of test out some curriculum and lessons. And then what we're getting to now, you know, hopefully getting out of COVID are the intentional student days here. Um, uh, in our area. So the idea is about, you know, students in the area can come here, take a class on coding, or they could do like a, a six-week cohort on drone flying or, uh, you know, different things that are topic-based that can really help supplement learning outside of the classroom. Um, so really, it, it, it's it's pretty crazy, but we're up for anything. You know, anybody, yeah. that, <laughs> anybody <laughs> that wants to come here. It, there's no red tape with us. We're privately owned, which is awesome. And it's all yeah. funded by a parent company, Corbin Inc. So anything that we believe is gonna, you know, be entertaining, be educational, stretch the mind of anybody of any age, uh, we're up for having people come out and hang out with us, which is really Yeah, great.
0: that's so neat. I think, you know, for myself being in a classroom and following all these different technologies and different partners emerging, um, yeah. such as Strawbees, those kind of companies, yeah. Um, yep. you know having that outlook where you can see this this technology in action if you like is yep. really really important um and obviously you you've got that space where they can come in and they can get it's very hands on by the sounds of it and
1: yeah what well, probably- use for you as an educator You know, a lot of times what we're getting requests on, and this was kind of our goal, is when I was building the makerspace at my school, I always kept thinking like, man, it would be great if I could go somewhere physical and like try out these things before I bought them. So the idea of like being able to go test something and see students using it or be able to kind of really imagine and picture what the learning process could be, what content I could cover because right now everybody's coming out with all STEM tools, right? And it can be kind of overwhelming and confusing. Like yeah. what's the best 3d printer, how's 3d printing working? What are the continued costs? So our goal is to really demystify what the maker movement makerspace, what these innovations are in education and make it very easy for educators and admin that might be on the fence about doing these or not um, to kind of help them build confidence, but awareness of like, these are the programs that are out there. Um, so it's not just even like in a way a demo center, right? We, we kind of, uh, some people have called us the Ikea for educators because <laughs> you can kind of walk through and play with stuff. And yeah. But you know, we always joke, instead of leaving with like meatballs, they leave with hydroponic lettuce. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it, it's a cool... You know, but again, it, it gets teachers excited about what could be, right? And, and it sounds like yourself, but like you're always looking for that next fun thing that students could be doing. Like, what else could I have out there to engage my students? And we want that to be a very fun, interesting process. Yeah. Um, that's really so excited about. So, you know, we even had schools interested in some products. One of our really cool partners is Sam Labs. So these really small, uh, codable electronics. It's a really great way to bring computer science into the classroom. A school thinking about buying them. I said, hey, why don't you bring teachers and actually bring students with you? So for a day with teachers and with students, we did a lot of cool, really fun activities that was hands-on. Mm. They got to test the product and they really got to experience and see what that learning process could be at their school. Mm. It was a lot of fun.
0: No, oh, it's brilliant. So for kind of teachers tuning in or even parents, do you have any kind of tips for how they can create maker spaces? I really like that kind of word that they can create these spaces, whether it's in schools or at home. How, how What's the best way to sort of set up a maker space?
1: Yeah, yeah. kind of our, our big spiel that we give schools um, some size, you know, I call it the Pinterest syndrome, where they mm. see like a beautiful maker space on Pinterest. And they're like, <laughs> my class needs to look like that. And they see a 3D printer. So like a lot of times people assume that they really need this expensive technology to have a maker space, Um, but really you don't, right? The idea is trying to create and build things um, in a more intentional manner. So we do a lot of things with upcycling. So the Mm -hmm. idea about having like recyclable materials and being able to prototype and create even with just arts and crafts materials. So uh, one of our main messages is don't be intimidated by the maker movement, maker spaces or STEM integration. It doesn't need to be this very expensive complicated 3d printing it's more of the mindset it's more Mm of the idea of like being able to build and fix things with what i have around me um and then you do that so a lot of schools you know unfortunately when makerspaces first came out they would build this really nice makerspace and they'd have one 3d printer but they'd have 30 kids standing around one 3d printer and that was the stem Mm for the makerspace and there's so many more cool things out there that they could be doing that are much more cost effective Um, things like makey makey and the idea about bringing coding and electronics yeah. into the classroom and, and that type. So we always say like the crawl, walk, run, don't think you need to really go all out and spend a lot of money to, to kind of get started on a makerspace, create the projects and the vision and, and, the, and the unit plans and the lessons that justify the need for a 3D printer and for some of that equipment. And yeah. Same thing yeah. With, with parents in our community that we talk to. I, I get Facebook mm-hmm. messages from friends who have kids or they're like, hey, he's really into coding, he's really into STEM. There's a lot of cool things out there. Um, these little kits that you know are under 40 bucks that kind of let kids create and make. We're a big fan of the micro bit. I, I think you, you're probably familiar with the micro bit and yeah, the idea yeah. about it being $18 and Microsoft make code is a free resource. And there's so many other machines and electronics that the micro bit is compatible with. So it really allows a student to scale up and to get in some pretty cool coding. So I would say that our big message is don't, don't be intimidated by trying to spend a lot of money because that's what it takes to make a makerspace it's more of the concept and thoughts about just students creating and making uh, is, is one of our bigger themes
0: yeah some cool tips there thanks thanks right um and in terms of skills what do you kind of see as the fu- future skills for pupils what do you think they can be developing uh, or need to develop what
1: that's a great question because part of our you know, our reasoning when you get back to the core of education, it's like you know, trying to have students really learn and experience and get uh, develop a passion or purpose for what the rest of their life is going to be. So, I think a lot of times in school, we overcomplicated what learning is. Where I think when you boil it down, it's like we want students to grow up to be excited about what they're doing, we want them to solve problems, we want them to wake up every day and love the job that they're going to. But a lot of times, I don't think we focus on that. It's this whole idea about career readiness, um, which is really cool. So. You know, The idea or concept would be preparing students for a future. We use the term a lot. We want to try to connect industry to education, whether that be through an internship or an externship or a career day for students that come here and kind of learn more about it. Um, So for us, it's trying to build these employable skills um, and this idea that we want to try to give students as many experiences earlier on so that they can start to identify a passion and purpose and then from that passion or purpose, line that up to a career. I think sometimes we don't focus on what they want to do. Like we always ask the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's like, ah, an astronaut or a doctor, all that. I, I think a lot of the questions that we like is what would you wake up every day and, and be excited about doing? Like, what do you want to do when you get older? Would you want to be coding? Would you want to be, you know, in somewhere in the arts? Would you like graphic design? Are you okay being in a cubicle, looking at numbers all day? Cause you really like math. So I, I think since, once we start phrasing it that way we really start to get students to realize, okay I'm really excited about drones. Drones now becomes my purpose. Here's the skills and math levels and things that I need so that when I grow up, I can work with drones every day, all day. Um, And that's what we want to kind of focus on. So, you know, even whether it be the hydroponic units and plant science and things like that, it's like, hey, I'm really into agriculture and the future of innovation of growing food. That's something that I want to work towards. I think I could work up, wake up every day as an adult and do this for the rest of my life. That gets me excited what skills, what classes, what what visions are you going to have to try to get there? Um, and, and that's kind of like one of the core things is how do we get students focusing on a career earlier so that they're not wasting time as they get older? Um, you know, for me, I, I, I became a science teacher. So I had a really good high school science teacher and I thought, hey, I love biology. I love science. I think this could be really cool. I, I did a lot with summer camps. I didn't mind being with kids all day, every day. Um, I think that's kind of why I got burned out of teaching because I like the summer camp model than the classroom model um, or the traditional school schedule. Um, but yeah, from early on, I think I thankfully had those experiences. But I always question myself, like, what if I had a really cool in-depth experience of like what it is to be an architect or what it means to be an engineer and really seeing what what that kind of jobs were? I, I don't think I truly understood what an engineer did until I was in college, to be yeah. honest, because I wasn't exposed to it. Right. So, yeah,
0: that's 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 it. And I think kind of the cool thing with what you guys doing how you kind of you're smashing down those walls of the traditional classroom and and thinking around that and um getting getting children or pupils to to find out their passions by being hands-on developing these schools you talk about hydroponics and that is the future of agriculture it's not necessarily getting on a tractor and and doing your traditional farming that so you're bringing in the kind of the, the future of those different industries whether it's yeah agriculture you know um banking finance uh, s- yep. space those different kind of industries from you know, primary secondary tertiary even quaternary and i think yep. looking forward as, as a geography teacher myself quaternary in the quaternary sector and the high tech sector is is really really important um yep. and that's kind of changing a lot of the traditional primary industries so by giving giving kids and teachers this space to explore that, it's it's invaluable, I think. And you it sounds like you're creating fantastic memories for them as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's great. We're having fun, and even the the whole coding and AI and robotics. So, for example, we have these you know little mini drones, and we do these coding challenges with mm. kids, show them that computer science isn't just you know, websites or graphics, or making apps on your phone. Computer science is this world of coding and programming, robotics and drones to do this. And we'll do some drone challenges with them. But the really cool thing is, our whole complex, the whole Corbett Experience Center, is about 100,000 square feet. About 12 of that um, we rent out to a startup, a drone company called aslon So the really cool thing is that we do these coding challenges with kids. We can point out the window and say, "Hey, if you're interested in this." these guys wake up every day and they do that. And there's drones flying all over the place. They have a partnership with Boston Dynamics, the robotic dogs outside, and they're waking up. They're 3D printing drones or coding drones or building them. So it's a cool way for us to connect industry to education to say, hey, like, yes, you're in school. You're trying to build these skills, but the goal and purpose and passion is you could have a job that eventually looks like that. And we do the same thing with uh, video and media production and graphic arts and design. I think for me, even as a teacher, we focus on the learning objectives and covering the state standards but i think we we overlook the whole main purpose is really trying to give students this idea and kind of concept of what they're going to do with their future and how that's going to be exciting for them i think needs to be one of the main focuses so and not yeah. just not just college readiness yeah. to be honest with you i think the big shift is there's tons of great jobs you don't need to go to college to and there's tons of smart kids that don't need to go to college the drone company is is a perfect example. They're hiring kids right out of high school. Mm-hmm. They're making a lot of really good money and they're enjoying their job and they're not in college debt. They don't need a piece of paper to kind of do this industry. So I think it's this, I don't want to say revolution, but this transformation in maybe we don't have to force kids to college. Maybe we just got to try to figure out what career they want to get to and show them what path they want to do. Yeah, uh, Which is a little scary for some parents, I get it. But when you start mm-hmm. thinking about it, like why waste the years and money? in uh, an education when you could go to these other programs and, and be really, really efficient and have a lot of fun uh, and start making some money in, in a passion or career that you're really excited about.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the great thing about the sort of space we're in right now, Ryan, it's kind of weird. You, you're challenging a lot of the traditional norms um, and that's, that's incredible. So yeah. listen, yeah, we've been spending for nearly 20 minutes, I think. So thanks so much. I'm going to wrap it up now and just, i um, really looking forward to following the journey of um, Flux Space and seeing you guys yeah. develop. And I'm sure we'll be chatting again in the future. But, yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: I appreciate the opportunity. This was Thank awesome. you. Yeah.